0: up on today's federal newscast. Lawmakers are doing their best to lessen the financial blow of the government shutdown. One agency is also trying to help alleviate some of the pain feds are feeling. And the largest federal agency is feuding with the largest federal employees union. And this time it's not over a lawsuit. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host, Eric White. It's a two-hour delay today for federal offices in the D.C. metro area. They were closed yesterday due to the snowstorms. Employees at agencies not affected by the current government shutdown will be granted two hours of weather and safety leave. For employees accepted from furlough at non-funded agencies, the two-hour delay will be considered furlough time. House Democrats are trying again to fully reopen the government and end the longest shutdown in history. Two separate continuing resolutions will be considered this week. One would reopen the government until February 1st. The second would reopen it until February 28th. House leaders say both bills would give Congress and the White House more time to agree on border security. The House has passed several bills to reopen the government over the last two weeks. A group of Senate Democrats want to help relieve some financial uncertainty for federal employees during the partial shutdown. Virginia Senator Mark Warner and Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz introduced the Federal Employee Civil Release Act. It would prohibit landlords and creditors from taking action against federal employees and contractors who are impacted by the shutdown and can't pay rent, student loans, mortgages and other bills. Protection would run during an up to 30 days after a shutdown. Democratic Congressman Derek Kilmer has introduced a House companion. To help alleviate at least some of the financial pain the shutdown's causing its screening officers, TSA Administrator David Pekoski says the agency has determined it can legally pay employees who worked the first day of the shutdown, December 22nd, and that it has the money to do so. Screening officers will also get $500 bonuses. Pekoski says TSA officers should get these awards in a few days. Pay for December 22nd missing day should arrive today. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer launches a website for federal employees to tell their shutdown stories. The site mirrors the comment pages news outlets have launched since the shutdown began in December. Government employees have the option of forwarding their messages to their representatives in Congress or remaining anonymous. A federal district judge consolidates multiple legal challenges from federal employees and their unions on the legality of the government shutdown. The National Treasury Employees Union, National Air Traffic Controllers Association, and a group of five anonymous federal employees are bringing a variety of constitutional challenges forward. NTEU specifically is seeking a temporary restraining order and injunctive relief from the government shutdown and its impact on employees working without pay. A federal district judge will hear from the unions and Justice Department Attorneys at a motion hearing today. The Veterans Affairs Department is locked in a heated verbal battle with the American Federation of Government Employees over the partial government shutdown's impact on veterans. AFGE suggested last week financial instability from the government shutdown may increase the likelihood of suicide among veteran federal employees. VA Secretary Robert Wilkie demanded an apology from AFGE National President J. David Cox. Cox says the shutdown is hurting government-employed veterans. Veterans make up about one-third of the federal workforce. A powerful lawmaker puts the new Veterans Affairs CIO on notice. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has details. Senator John Tester isn't giving the new Veterans Affairs Chief Information Officer, James Jeffer, a lot of time to settle in. Just 11 days after the Senate confirmed him, Tester asked Jeffer for more details about his priorities. The ranking member of the Veterans Affairs Committee wants a comprehensive and prioritized list of VA's IT projects and the metrics used to make that list. Tester also wants assurances from Jeffer that the agency's new electronic health record system will receive the highest levels of attention. I'm Jason Miller. Lawmakers are going to have some tough choices to make in the future. If the Congressional Budget Office's most recent report is any indication, CBO releases the ideas it came up with for reducing the nation's deficit over the next 10 years. It has again suggested raising TRICARE fees and cutting veterans' benefits as a way to reduce the U.S. debt load. Since 2007, federal debt held by the public has more than doubled in relation to the size of the economy. Bipartisan legislation to help small businesses break into the federal research field passes the House. The Stimulating Innovation Through Procurement Act would grant easier access to SBA small business innovative research and small business technology transfer programs. Those programs help support small businesses taking part in federal research. Iowa Democrat Abby Fickenauer and Utah Republican John Curtis introduced the bill. The Navy tests a new pay-for-performance system with seven surface warfare occupations. If it's successful, Navy officials hope to expand it to other sought-after occupations. Sailors in the program have an opportunity to increase their re-enlistment bonus if they do well on their periodic evaluations. The Navy makes its first award under a new fast-track acquisition approach for information warfare. The Space and Naval Warfare Systems Command says it's awarded $1.3 million to Booz Allen Hamilton to help improve low-altitude communications at Marine Corps training ranges. It's the first award Spayware has issued as part of the Information Warfare Research Project. IWRP aims to attract non-traditional defense contractors into the defense contracting space via other transaction agreements. In this case, Spawar says Booz Allen is partnering with Alabama-based intuitive research and technology. Acquisition and acquisition management get a jolt of new ideas today. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The Section 809 panel, named for its enabling legislation, presents the third of three sets of recommendations for modernizing and speeding up defense procurement. Panel Chairman David Drabkin says the final report contains bold ideas for buying commercial items, improving portfolio management, and establishing a higher-skilled acquisition workforce. Some ideas require legislation, but Drabkin says most can be carried out on say-so by defense officials. I'm Tom Temen. The Defense Department's blended retirement system has reached the half-million enrollees point. More than 400,000 service members opted into the plan. The rest were new recruits who were automatically enrolled. And an international transparency group puts the U.S. on notice for missing a major document deadline. The Trump administration failed to submit a new national action plan within four months of the due date. And now the Open Government Partnership may list the U.S. as an inactive member if it does not send its action plan in the coming months. The U.N. General Assembly created the partnership in 2011 and counts 79 countries as members. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.